Hey, this is Trey from Mouth for War, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome back to your brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is once again your host, Sonny. This time, along with a dominant voice in Trey Roberts, man, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Trey, this is an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Mouth for War with the release of your debut studio album, Live Casting Glass, which recently dropped here on May 14th on 1126 Records. And first things first, man, I just want to commend you guys on all the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far. Even shout out to the other revered publications like metal sucks outburn rock and load mag to name a few who have praised your work there's just a lot of amazing things to unravel about this album and what you guys are all about but before we get to all that and beyond i know we talked about it before the interview started with all my guests i ask a very important question these days to start things off how are you man i think it's an important one to ask considering what's been happening in the last year uh you're in colorado springs is that correct or in colorado yep. yeah how are you, man? How have you been doing? Um, honestly, for the first time in a, quite a while, we're doing pretty great. We got a lot of cool things coming up, and uh, mushrooms kind of healed my depression. If I'm being honest, <laughs> man, I can I can relate to that, dude. I'm I'm glad you're doing good, and you know, keeping uh, keeping well is uh, it's an easier said than done process. <laughs> making the best of a situation, but what I also want to do is, uh, you know, I want to wind the clock back here, Trey, because. Just a couple years back to 2019, because for fans and listeners who may not know, if you could just briefly shed a bit more light on that that moment in your life that led to the forming of Mouth for War with, you know, Mason, Gabe, Jonah and Michael and to what you guys are today. I mean, does it feel like everything also went by in a blink at the same time? Definitely. Um, and, and it's great that that happened, but I think it definitely happened because we came at it with that intention, with the plan uh to do everything we could as fast as we could and try to catch up to where bruce had gotten ourselves to but in a new state with a kind of a new formed idea so we we had a lot of music written before me and a couple of us actually moved from indiana to colorado so we knew exactly what the plan was from the start yeah and you know life as of late you know we talked about it you know many of us have also been away from the stage a lot you know fans and musicians alike and now that things seem to have a light at the end of the tunnel how have you been keeping up your vocals and you know you're drumming these days because you also drum for a band called cell is that right yeah yeah how is that affecting your musicianship has anything changed for you routine wise lately if at all um at least lately now that we know when we have shows coming up i've just been trying to get back in shape because i think a lot of us got out of it during the pandemic so <laughs> very true yeah that that's the biggest thing get it uh i i definitely challenged myself in quarantine when writing these songs vocally and now it's time to catch up cardio wise so i can perform them vocally yeah and even though mouth for war did form in 2019 i mean you've been at this for longer than that so i wanted to ask how was the touring life and the live music experience for you personally because we know we've kind of all been just for had to uh we've been forced to take this unexpected step back during this time and has this time lately made you develop a newfound appreciation of that live concert experience? Cause we could talk about, you know, food, we could talk about culture, the fans, all we want. What was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Um, I can't, I think I might've lost your question in there a little bit. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask, you know, uh, cause 
since we've been home, obviously you're trying to get back in shape and with the touring life opening back up, has this time lately made you develop a newfound appreciation of the touring life? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, with being able to take so much time off being obviously a curse with a little bit of a blessing on the side there, um, has given all of us a, a newfound appreciation for touring and we just miss all of our friends really. So we're, we're, definitely extra excited uh, at this time when we we're getting some offers and we know when we're going to be getting back out. Um, I think we're definitely going to give our all at every show from now on. Not that we didn't before, but we're, right. we're ready to just put all the work in now. Yeah. I'm just ready to get back out there myself, obviously. And uh, a, a very common subject on not only interview under fire, but I'm sure a lot of other publications have talked about this and you've seen this Trey live streaming. A lot of the bands, what they've been doing for this last year and a half. can't believe I'm even saying that year and a half. Uh, they've been taking yeah. what they're doing on stage under the screen. Like we're doing right now, obviously these interviews would be in person, but I, I've interviewed a lot of other bands, you know, like August Burns Red was on here. Lamb of God was on here. They talked about insomnium was on here. They were talking about their experiences on selling virtual tickets to the fans and, they, they would pre-record a show or live stream a show, however it was. But with the amount of touring that you've done, the, the bands that you played with, the people you've encountered, the venues you played in, uh, do you think the rise of the quarantine-induced live streaming that we've been seeing for the last year and a half, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward later this year? I mean, has it already been affected? Like, Do you still see bands doing this even when we return to normality later on? Um, definitely. I think uh, a lot of bands will keep that idea in mind, especially when they have to take time off in between tours and stuff. But at the same time, I think that this whole pandemic, when things come back, is going to cause a, a, a big boom in showgoers probably in mm-hmm. every genre is what I imagine. And that's just going to consume pretty much everyone's time. But I do, I really do like the idea of live streams. We did a live stream at one point and I think it's a great way to, uh, have something unique for your your fans to watch when you're stuck at home so i think there's no reason for for it to completely stop it's definitely a cool piece of media that wasn't quite as popular before yeah and what's what's a cool thing to do right you can mosh in your own room as much as you want which yeah, is great right. you know but uh there you kind of hit that barrier i believe once you do the live streaming how much more creative can you get i think there's always that wall how was that for you the live stream was it just weird at first and, and i guess during the set you kind of just eased into it um yeah it, it, it was definitely weird starting off with it but then just trying to think of ideas of little things to add to where it's not just us playing maybe like little visuals yeah. and stuff it was fun to play around with that yeah um and, and uh, i know we talked about everything from head to toe as far as the live streaming and your touring life and uh, you know what you have coming up later on this year uh, that debut album, Live Cast and Glass, came out recently on May 14th on 1126. Uh, 1126, let's talk about them because, you know, they're, uh, they have bands like I Am. And I think Vatican is still on there. Serpent of Gnosis. You know, what is it like signing with such a promising label like 1126 to kick things off with Mouth for War? Um, it's great. We we got with Scott Lee, which is the owner at just a perfect time and um not only is he like our label owner, he's our manager and he's just done so many great things for us as a band, just in the small amount of time that we were a band before the pandemic. And now that things are coming back, he's, he definitely cares about everything that he does for his artists. So it's been great working with him. 
And for live casting glass, I mean, if if I may, Trey, I mean, top to bottom, it was one of the more in-your-face, like hardcore debuts I've ever come across. It's just an amazing mix of the traditional hardcore to death metal vibes from songs like Shape in the Dark to Nails in My Coffin to Take My Place, Manifesting You, all the way to When's Done, What's Done is Done. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you're going to put out a debut record, this is how you do it. There isn't a song on here that didn't make me uh, this this thought came to my head that didn't make me want to break into my neighbor's house, toast all their bread and put it back in the bag and leave. I mean, I could say, yeah, every song made me want to headbang. That's a boring thing to say, but with this album, it made me want to do that. I feel like that's a good formula. And, I love that. and uh, you know, from riff after riff, I mean, it, it's as good as it gets here. So walk me through this trade because um, I, I want to make sure people know this because I know there is a tender subject with the passing of your younger sister, during the pre-production stages of the album, how much did things change from when you first started composing on live cast and glass to where you ended up finishing it? Was there already a specific sound you guys knew you had in mind with this record? Um, yeah, we definitely went into it with a plan. Um, but uh, for sure with the, the tragedy happening there and pandemic starting at almost the same time, it became a, a whole different beast. We, we wrote the very first song technically about a year before, which would be WIGT. And then the next song we wrote immediately was I Don't Want to Feel, which was the first song that was about my sister. So yeah, um, it definitely took on a more aggressive standpoint immediately, which we already wanted to do, but it was just a, a more naturally flowing out of everything. Yeah. And uh, you have been, you know, compared to the likes of, you know, Hatebreed and Zabalba, Code Orange, uh, Kickback, Sentence. I'm maybe going to throw a band like Concrete. They're another uh, metallic hardcore band from New York. But you have now put in like your own stamp with your own identity with this record. And as far as the production, there was that natural evolution to your sound. It sounded so polished, so raw and pure and powerful. Like I heard everything. I'm pretty much an audiophile these days. So I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want to sound. Uh, the, uh, so many EQs, so many, so many like meters I got to pull up and down. As far as the production, mixing, and mastering, who did you go to for that? Did you guys do it yourselves? Did you guys bring a team in? How did that come about? Um, yeah, the uh, engineering, the record, and the mixing was all done by me. And the master was um, Pete at Bricktop in Chicago, which is a badass yeah. studio that does tons of records that you probably know. So, um, I think with me being able to sit down for as long as we did and pick around with the mix and sending it off to Pete just made it like an explosive sound. Just, uh, I think everything came together exactly like what we were trying to do. And I'm stoked about that. Yeah. I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability for you in the studio, knowing that you had full power on how you want your record to sound. Right. Yeah. It, it took a while for us to get to that point. Cause we did, I mean, Pete did the first EP in its entirety and, uh, we had, the original WIGT done by uh, Randy that works for Graphic Nature. And we just weren't feeling any of the sounds that we had brought together. And we, we knew what we wanted to do. We just had to get comfortable with doing it. And it, I think it came out exactly like what we were doing because we had so much time to pick at it too. Production and engineering. When did that start for you specifically, Trey? Because I'm sure this isn't the only record you've worked on. There's so many others that kind of set the, set the stage for something like this, right? Mm -hmm. um i think that we started at least actually sitting down and tracking the drums which is the first real thing we tracked um in december of 2020 I'm pretty okay sure. so okay. it came together relatively fast 
how long have you been doing this just this whole audio production gig for yourself um when i i started just for fun probably in about eighth grade um i've always been interested in audio production and a bunch of different levels but i started taking it more seriously probably when i was 17 or 18 and i've just always done it ever since then well, uh, here's why I asked, because you did some amazing work on this record. Obviously, you had some help with it, but I hope I hope this is something that you continue to do, whether it's with your band or with other bands, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process like you just talked about. And I know I touched on this briefly. Again, I want to make sure people out there know that because this is a very personal album for you and your bandmates, especially for you, because the lyricism throughout life casting glass origins of that center around the loss of your beloved younger sister, like you mentioned in early 2020. And you mentioned how this record was the outlet you needed. And it, it was a huge weight off of your chest. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so a, a song like manifesting you, I, I, I was one of one about wonder about that. It talks about some very vivid, painful dreams that you had during your time of grieving. You talked about your grief and your deep feelings you know, I wonder if this kind of helps set the theme and the concept for the record. Now, how important is something like a theme or a concept to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it. But I felt like, again, I don't mean it's not like a broken record. It really helped you channel everything you wanted into this to get to get it out into the world instead of just sitting there and just wallowing in it, which a lot of people do. Um, I think I lost your question. <laughs> it's there. all right, man. No, no, no. Trying to follow along with everything. No, you're good. I know and, it's a loaded and, question, but how important are themes to you, really? Um, this this was definitely the first time that I was able to keep almost every song, especially with that many songs, inside a circle like that. So, obviously, with something so crazy happening, it kind of just happened like that. But I would say it definitely is a little for the audience and for you know the the piece of art itself um picking picking yeah we picked manifesting you definitely intentionally because of how strong the lyrics were and uh just how straightforward that song was and we felt like it had a little bit of all the sounds that we were trying to bring together on the record like yeah the heavy parts the the metal parts and the breakdowns and so um yeah and and i think doing the video along with that with the theme of that song and having eric yesterday come in and put his own ideas into that um made it definitely made it the perfect choice for the first song to draw do you see live casting glass as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life looking back definitely i i've always i felt that way about a, a lot of records that i've written but i don't think anything is going to be this important to me again for a really long time and as far as the music and metal scene in Colorado or Colorado Springs, is that where you specifically are? Is that correct? That's where yeah. I live. Yes. Yeah. Well, in Colorado, I, I wanted to ask, you know, obviously we know about bands like obviously Mouth for War, but there's bands like False Report, Our Father, you know, Sonic Vomit, uh, uh, Lion Brawl, Remain and Sustain. How has that scene changed through your experience, Trey? Um, you did just name a lot of bands that broke up, so it's changed a lot. Wow. <laughs> um but yeah, we were welcomed with open arms when moving out here. And it's uh, being used to being in a band from Indiana in a small town with like a thousand people. It feels pretty crazy to be from somewhere. And 
especially to be backed so hard by everybody that lives here. It's, it's a really cool place and we're lucky to be a part of this scene here. What are some bands that you can actually recommend that I listen to? Obviously I named a bunch of bands that broke up, but as far as like the music scene right now, what's, what's going on there aside from mouth for war? Um, we have some homies locally here called peacemaker. They just changed their name and I forgot it right when I went to tell you, (laughs) but, uh, we got behind colored glasses, a great band. Fox Lake has been putting out really good music. Um, it's kind of hard to since everything's been so spread out to know who's even alive moral law uh yeah really really badass vegan straight edge band they're one of our good bands here but yeah we'll have to circle we'll, we'll circle around to that question once live music resumes and all these bands start just coming back up to the yeah, forefront we, you we know? figure out who's still alive <laughs> that's definitely important you know from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in which you have which we have discussed about so far you know playing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with during this record including the multiple touring cycles and with different bands your relationship with your bandmates and your bond on what you have with your younger sister and it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with the mouth for wars artistic vision and yours this is definitely something you have a passion for and the truth is is from what i'm seeing You've experienced plenty already in your career, Trey, and then some. You know, have your aspirations as an individual or even a musician, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially with some some of the things that have happened with losing my sister, I think without even really putting any thought into it, I told myself that I'm going to, as soon as this comes back, that I'm going to do it more than I ever have. And um, I think even with just now releasing the record, we already know what we're going to try to do next. We have an idea of what what the next sound and the next evolution of Mouth of War is going to be. And we're definitely not holding up on any any front. Yeah, I'm ready for a new record already, actually. <laughs> and I, right. again, I'm just a fan out of millions out there. But I, I do begin to wonder, as you're telling me all these things that you've done, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Man, I, it really hasn't because I spent all of my, my childhood and being in high school, literally not doing any homework and putting (laughs) FL studio on the computer. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love, I love hiking. I love doing stuff in the forest. That's kind of like why we live out here. So maybe something cool like that. Something hey, Colorado's Colorado's one of my favorite places to be. So I'm dying to come oh, back yeah. out there. I was supposed to come out there uh, last October, but you know, obviously with the whole situation, uh, I had to postpone it. But having said that, uh, looking forward to being back out there again. You know, I yeah. usually um, end my interviews on a pretty fun note, but since we've been talking about like kind of like where your origin started with Mouth for War, do you have? I'm putting you on the spot here, Trey. Pretty much. Do you have five oh, favorite? Does. Do you have five favorite albums you can think of at the top of your head? Um, I can't say that they are my favorite of five, but I'll name five of my favorite ones. I can yeah. do. Uh, let's see. Uh, Make yourself by Incubus. That's a great so, one. Wow, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park. Excellent. Um, Grew up on Korn, that. Corn self-titled. Classic. Um, gonna have to throw in a rush of blood to the head by Coldplay just to throw them off, dude. You're you're pretty much uh, lining up my entire like teenage discography right there. <laughs> oh yeah, and then uh, 
let's say third eye blind self-titled oh my gosh that is a great album i'm gonna have to uh, re I, I think you kind of just uh, made that mental list in my head that i have to check out again because that's an album yes. i haven't picked up for a long time great list uh the best ever well now you answer that pretty quickly what about five favorite movies i never asked two of them but i'm gonna ask you that so i'm known for not being someone who watches movies but I, I can I, I watch stupid movies. I love dumb stuff. I almost never I don't watch scary movies or serious movies, but one of my favorite been, movies one of my favorite movies of all time is Dumb and Dumber, so don't worry about it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> since since I was a kid, my favorite movie has always been Freddy Got Fingered with Tom Green. So, That's a classic then, one. Uh, either that or Grind. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, I do. God, that was I think that was around the same around the same time, I think. Probably about the out. same era. They all got the yeah. same stupid looking skater boy clothes on. And the, yeah, the man, they don't make, you know, they don't make that kind of humor anymore. Now it's just, no, here's the thing exactly. with those, those movies you just mentioned, those would not be aired today. Just with the oh, whole, no. the, whole, the whole, you know, how everything is nowadays, but you know, so yeah, that's two. Sure. Man, is that, is that two mean, grind and uh, Freddie got fingered? Does that, does that go, count? Let's go step brothers. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, Man, it's a hard one. This is like therapy session now. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think because I just I feel like uh, I just go back and watch old movies all the time. How about Blades of Glory? I oh my dang! Film. Yeah, that's a good one. That's oh, 2007. I remember watching that movie a day before my high school graduation. Actually, it was around that. Oh, yeah, that takes me back. It's a good movie. And then I'll say the last one: Big Daddy. Man, Adam man. Sandler. Man, I, I feel like I feel like we would have been like best buds like back in the day, like just because we you that. listened to and watched the, the like the music and movies that you listen to and watch. That's the same thing that I grew up on. But uh, yeah. like I, I'll, I can name my top ten, but I'll save that for when we actually do a live interview. So when you actually come to Texas, hopefully that can get done here in the near future. Man, Trey, this has been great, dude. Uh, do you, yeah, yeah, man. Do you have any last words? Any shout outs? Just anything you like to plug in or mention as far as mouth for war and life casting glass before we finish things off here maybe a new music video live stream and our touring's opening up i don't know what you can and cannot say um we are announcing a release show for colorado people tomorrow it's going to be on june 26th and we are announcing a full u.s the next day can't tell them who it's with but it's with three really badass bands awesome man we'll stay in touch what i'll do is uh, i'll give you a follow on the socials Let's stay in touch, Trey. And obviously, again, I can't wait to do this in person. We're going to talk about that time when we did an interview during a pandemic. So looking forward to that, nice. to that day when that comes around. But everyone who's listening, this is Trey Roberts from uh, Mouth for War, Live Casting Glass on 1126 Records is out now. If you can purchase the record, I recommend you purchase the record because the artist can't do it without your help. I still have records that's in the corner of my room that's sitting. It's still building. I've been buying records and that's what I love to do. And, I love that. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on our interview on fire.com. Trey, you be safe out there, man, and uh, out there in Colorado, and I'll see you next time, buddy. Awesome. Thank you very much.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.